Hey there, Zlatko here. Welcome to What Is My Brain podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I get the opportunity to chat with fellow founders and business operators about their journey and how they got to where they are now, where they are going and how they're going to get there. I'm planning on bringing guests and touching on topics such as running multiple businesses, executing ideas, and just spitballing about random topics and current events. It's a casual conversation, and that will hopefully bring value to anyone that decides to listen. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, man. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been like three, four months, and uh, we haven't chatted. And I'm I'm just super glad to have you on and talk about all your new. Uh, everything you're doing, man, on the content side and uh, springing off and doing your own brand and, and all that stuff. So um, I guess let's start off with a little bit of an introduction and, and, and give the give the listeners and whoever decides to listen to this a little bit about yourself, what you're working on. And, uh, and then we can riff from there, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me. First off, this is a long time coming. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah, it is. Oh, it is. It is. So like you, I'm, you know, a little bit of a business coach. So my primary thing is helping aspiring and very early stage creators and freelancers get started. So the real goal is to get people started or to get those mid-level people that have already started and scaling them to six figures. Um, Nice. And so from there, they can choose if they want to go to an agency, but really it's about unlocking their either dream business or dream career and finding what they love to do. Right. Uh, and also just having the courage to show up online. I mean, creating content, as you know, writing every day, you're putting yourself out there. You're going to get hate. You're going to get some dislikes every now and then. But helping people get over that fear and build something that they love to do. That's the basics. So more of my background. I mean, I have a financial background. So when I started consulting okay. seven years ago, uh, I was in the financial industry in corporate banking and then also freelancing. So I've done several small business freelancing companies and built each of them to six figures and then kind of got bored and swapped it up. So I've done it a few times myself. So the very first one was photography. Nice. And then I did content writing um, and then consulting for local businesses. And so for me, it's about now it's about building my brand online and just expanding more worldwide. You could say it's it's been great meeting people all over the globe uh, in my time. Creating yeah, online, man. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I know uh I know last time we talked about, um, and, I, and I love these stories because, you know, you talk to a lot of people and I'm sure you do this too. And they tell you like, they're going to do something and then it kind of never happens because they just get caught up with life and things happen about and they lose interest, they lose momentum and whatever else it is. My point being, when I talked to you, whether it was three or four or five months ago, it doesn't matter. Um, you said you were going to do this. You said you were going to step into this world. You said you were going to be doing a lot of the branding and you actually did it, which I think like a lot of people don't get to that point. And whatever that outcome is, is the outcome going forward. But overall, man, I just want to give you mad, mad props because I know this is something you and I share a lot, whether it's through content or whatever else it is. It's, you know, just get started and get to that place. You don't, there's no like necessarily like a finish line. There's like the starting point. And once you get into it, and if it's something you really enjoy, then good things just start to kind of happen. And uh, so I just want to give you your uh, props or how to say, like, give the person their flowers while they're here, because I think that goes a long way, man. That That's a, it's that true sense of like example for the people that you'll be working with. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Thank you so much. And right back at you. I mean, if there's one thing I know we have agreed on since day one, is that action is better than anything else, man. You just, you don't yeah. have to have it all figured out to start. You just yeah. start... And you figure out what you like and you figure out what works. You figure out both as you go. 
And like that's really the base of it. I mean, you you I, can fail a hundred times, but if you get up a hundred times and do it one more, that's what really matters. Exactly. Exactly. So tell me tell me a little bit, uh tell me a little bit about kind of the goal with the with the overall brand, um, because I know you you started a newsletter last year. You did a lot of rebranding. You kind of tidied things up for yourself. You said you're doing a lot more video. Give me like a little bit of a rundown um, of what you kind of aspire the brand to be or what direction you're heading in now, even though you may down the road, like, you know, pivot or whatever end up, ends up happening. So I'd love to know what your, you know, your first version of that is uh, really at the moment. Yeah, sure. So. I mean, initially, it's just about becoming an authority in like the business space. So, I mean, I just have so much knowledge from building my own small businesses. I know this is a controversial one. I do have an MBA. You know, not everyone thinks it's worth it, but I got that knowledge right. too. Um, and really, it's about right. just becoming two parts, becoming an authority in the business world, but also becoming well known for being very inclusive and positive. So I truly believe that everyone can build their own business and everyone can find a career they love. You just need the right guidance. And so I want to be that person that also encourages as well as teaches. Um, then super long-term, really, I, I love writing. It's a huge passion of mine. It's been a hobby of mine. Like for me, the big, long, crazy goal is to, you know, have the New York Times bestseller and <laughs> put, put books out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's awesome, dude. Um, yeah, and and in terms of like in terms of kind of uh, I want to kind of dive into a little bit of like the strategy piece of it. Obviously, like the branding and everything looks you know great, but what is the uh, what is the strategy? I know you're like you said you're going into video, you do a lot of writing, you do all this other stuff. Is it to put like more educational videos out there, or is it just to talk kind of take your content that you're writing about and spinning that into like video format? What's kind of the correlation between those two mediums there? Yeah, so it's just about being in as many places as possible. So I have built my own content system, which I share with people as much as possible. I mean, it's a free download. Um, you start with just a longer piece of content, and then you kind of break it down into chunks for each platform specifically. Because whether someone's on Twitter, someone's on LinkedIn, someone's on Instagram, they all like to consume content in a very specific way. Um, and that's why they gravitate to those platforms. And so in order to appeal to them, you need to make content specific to those platforms that they're going to enjoy. <laughs> and so right, right. going everywhere, making short form videos, uh, it's just about giving people a way to consume the content in the way they like. But I mean, the personal element to that is it's growth, right? So like I'm a writer by nature, but I am not good on video right now, but I'm doing it anyway mm -hmm. to grow that skill set and to get more confident. And so it's all about being an example, like you mentioned earlier, of anybody yeah. can do this. You just go out there, do it. It's okay to suck at first. It's okay. You just learn, you do, and you grow. And so, and yeah. that's yeah, that's yeah. another reason to just expand. Nice, man. And how much how much time would you say you're dedicating to strictly like content and building? You know, not only your systems but the actual content on a week to week basis. Um, I'd love to know a little bit about. You know, this is kind of like the dedication side of it. Like, it, it's not a half an hour task every single day and you just walk outside and you chill on the bench all day long and wait for things to happen. Like I, I, how much time do you spend throughout your week approximately kind of putting everything together and making sure that it all, you know, whether you schedule it out or whatever, that, or whatever you're doing. I would say on average, probably about two hours a day. Um, but that includes engagement. 
So I have enough writing experience to where I can pump out a long form blog in 30 to 45 minutes and then taking that and repurposing it in other formats. If everything's like carousels, I have templates, videos, I have templates. You don't have to create something brand new every single day if you don't want to. It's about just taking what you've already written and repackaging it. So I would say just creating and putting it on four or five different platforms probably takes anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour every day. And then another 30 minutes to an hour to disengage every day. It, there's no way around it unless you're outsourcing through a VA to engage for you or whatever. You're going to spend time doing it. <laughs> uh, right, yeah. right, right, so right. What about yourself? I know you, I know you write a ton. You got mm-hmm. the podcast. How about you? Um, you know, I got to tell you, it's probably around the same time, maybe uh, a tad more on certain months than others, just because, you know, uh, I am running the SaaS side of things as well. So that takes a, if I was to like simply say like writing, I, dude, at this point, this is going to sound really nuts, but like, I'm pretty much writing all day long. Like I'm talking about from the morning time, like I love just got into a habit of, you know, hand journaling and doing all that. Um, so my day usually starts off with that. And then when it comes to, you know, the social media side of things, um, you know, I do a weekly newsletter, which uh, majority of the time I can get one or two, you know, weeks ahead with that. Um, and right now, specifically this month, I started doing uh, my third ship 30 cohort, which is another layer of, um, you know, doing the long form. Well, I, I don't want to say it is long form, but it's not like, you know, 5,000 words or 3,000 words. It's a little bit more of like the atomic essay side. And to me, that that part of it is actually becoming a little bit more fun again because I get to, it's more of like exploratory mode because, you know, you get to this place, like you and I both talk about entrepreneurship and all these other components of it. But then there's like so many layers that, you know, you can peel back on entrepreneurship. There's the mindset side of things. There's the, you know, the tools, the, the, systems the like there's so many different layers to it that i'm almost like looking for uh for what the next little like gap is with that kind of content is it correlating you know i don't know sports to business or you know these different like components and so that's that's been my little thing i'm more like a exploratory mode in 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 that sense of things and seeing what kind of response i get on those atomic essays and then maybe flipping those into you know a newsletter or whatever it might be but i'm i'm trying to uh i'm working on it uh to have a lot more like evergreen content for each each of those components um from uh you know the ship 30 essays i those are kind of its own thing i don't like grab it from somewhere else and just throw it in there if anything, those essays, when I write them, they turn into something else a little bit long form. So things like that. Um, but yeah, I would say, dude, it's, it's, and now I'm like, now I'm gotten myself into uh, writing a lot of the, the emails on our, on our different SaaS uh, businesses that, that I have and getting the email marketing side that's starting to intrigue me a little bit more. So I'm kind of diving into that aspect of things. Um, so that's just been super fun. Just being like, you know, that's more like personality and driving, like not being like this, corporation voice or whatever else it is it's more like a personal thing right like hey you know this is so and so from just making a very like telling some stories there as well so um kind of dabbling with so many different aspects of it but um yeah i would say dude i would say probably like three hours of like you know power writing and then throughout the day i'm pretty much writing all day long to be honest with you yeah i mean and coming up with ideas is its own beat too i mean so if we're gonna add in saving notes or making highlights. I use Notion or in Readwise for everything. 
But if we're factoring yeah. that in, it is kind of like a 24-7 deal because you never know when you're going to read something that really clicks or just mm-hmm. have this bonkers idea that like, oh, I got to see if that's any good, if anybody likes that. So if you add that in, it's an all-day thing. Too. Yeah. I, yeah. Love, I love that exactly. you're focused on fun um, because that was the trouble I ran into with my newsletter last year. As you know, it was totally rebranded at the start of the year. Uh, as much as I love writing long form, it was so difficult and kind of draining to commit to a timetable to write something long form and then deliver it every week at the same time. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't write enough, but because that time restriction was affecting the quality and I hated that. And so yeah. I was like, okay, I need to figure out a different way to deliver the same amount of value without feeling super drained out and like rushed. And so now I do all of my long form on my own time, but I give little bits and pieces of valuable information every week still. And so it's about exploring that. So fun exploration. Uh, The Ship 30 stuff is awesome. I mean, I love when they do a new cohort and all of a sudden you have all these new faces show up. Yeah. Because if there's anything that Ship 30 is doing that I love, it's that they're just, they're really spreading the love of writing and creating online. And they get mm-hmm. so many new people started. And that's the hardest part for most people is just start. Yeah, yeah. And and that's the sentiment that I shared uh, last year, actually. And that's the only reason why I really joined is I was in this place where I knew I, what I needed, which was like ri- writing and kind of distilling all my thoughts and ideas and everything that I wanted to put on paper. But it was always that imposter syndrome of like, I'm not a good writer. You know, English is my fucking third language, man. Like I, <laughs> my grammar is complete shit. If I, if I didn't have Grammarly, like, dude, I would be the absolute worst. Like, you know what I mean? Things like that. Um, it was, it was very inspiring to see them focus on, you know, just get you, get you writing, whatever that thing is, get you writing. And my biggest goal throughout that whole point was I don't, I personally don't care about virality and in, in a sense of like, I'm going to write something and wait here and hopefully my whole thing was if I can deliver for 30 days every single day, then I've done my job. Like I've done what I came here to do. And if it this ends up going, you know, 30 more days and then 30 more and then 30 more, then that's just extra on top. And dude, it hasn't stopped since, which has been the best feeling, honestly. Like, and that unlocked me and that started, you know, the newsletter um, got me, you know, doing the podcast, like it started this little, you know, personal brand, like really kicked it off because honestly, without writing, it's very tough to build a personal brand unless you're willing to be on camera all day long. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And just like building that habit and is epic. And so, and so much of it just comes down to impact, right? Like everybody has a unique story and unique experiences that are worth sharing and you Mm -hmm. can positively impact somebody's life. Even if it's just one person, a week, one person a month. Like that feeling mm-hmm. is awesome. Like it's, I know you've gotten them too and I've gotten them occasionally. Like people will just DM you, people that you've never seen write anything, people you've never seen comment on your stuff. And they'll be like, dude, I read your stuff every day. I yeah. love it. It's helped me so much. And it's like, I don't know who you are, but that's awesome. You just made my day. <laughs> dude, you just, exactly. And I shared that message the other day, actually, of somebody just reaching out to me um and and mentioning like you know using the words like role model and i'm like my mind is fucking blown when i hear that i'm just like what the fuck dude like thank you but man that's a that's you know i don't want to say that adds like any kind of pressure in all honesty but it adds a level of like oh damn okay you have to be um i think nathan barry said this on one of his podcasts he said 
dude, it's like you get the first layer of your your core fans. And then there's those are the people that like comment and like and all these other things. And then there's this like second layer of people who don't take any action, but they're listening and they're reading. And when they're listening and they're reading, they're actually the ones actually consuming that content. And those are the yeah. people that you want to write for is because you don't need to hear from them. You just know you're affecting them. And that really stood out to me, man. And when I, whenever I, I get notes and DMs on Twitter, man, like this past week has been just like, like heartfelt, man, like some crazy notes. And I just literally want to make like a collage of all of them and just post them. But I'm <laughs> like, you know what? I don't, it, it's not about that. I just want to, I, it's for me, it's more to show people, dude, it's just, you don't know what's going to come out of it. Like, I think the, the, the unknown is what's exciting about the writing game because you never know what's going to get picked up by who and who's going to end up reading it. And, you know, some of my posts that I've done, like no in a, uh, engagement, somebody would be like, dude, that's the best thing I've read like today. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And that's like, I have a personal beef with, I wouldn't say beef. Beef is a strong word. But as yeah. you know, there's like this age old debate among creators. Like, should you eliminate connections or followers that never engage with your stuff and i'm like no because those no. are the people benefiting the most the people engaging with your stuff are usually creators you've aligned with because you're in the same niche or you just have the same mm -hmm. values or you've become friends those are the people that are carrying the conversations and adding value but there's so many people that are just quietly in the background mm -hmm. reading all angles and all points of views and those are the people I feel that I'm writing for. <laughs> uh, that, that's what I was that about to say. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. What you said in the beginning is like getting people to that first step and that second step. And, you know, yeah. and dude, that's absolutely who it is. That's definitely your, your, your core audience. Um, no, that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Those are, those are good. Have you done ship 30? I have it. Uh, okay. I have it. I'm obviously very familiar with it. I've used TypeShare, Um, so I'm okay. familiar with their platform and all that, but I haven't done ship 30. I've done one writing cohort. I did the one by Erica and Casey Jones, which was a social boot camp. It's, it's not 30 days. It's like seven. And so, but it was really cool. They have a bigger focus on personal branding as well. Uh, kind of finding okay. your voice, how you can make yourself stand out. Uh, and, and a big focus on like expressing your values, right? Uh, which I think is so important in the online space. It's not just about like teaching. Mm -hmm. It's not just about... Uh, talking about whatever your niche is or expertise it's about connecting with people that align with your beliefs and values too which is something yeah. i struggle with especially out of the gate it was like here's how you can do this here's how you can learn this but at the end of the day like that will bore people over a long enough time period you gotta show yourself <laughs> gotta mm -hmm. show yourself absolutely 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 and that's actually that's um it's funny that you say that because uh the past like three days i got caught into this like creative zone i usually I don't know about you. A lot of my my writing either comes really early in the morning or really really late at night because the mid my middle of my day is usually like actual work and Slack popping off and you know these different things. So there's just a lot of like other noise going on. So it's very hard to. I mean, I could focus, but it's I also got to take care of shit. So I gotta I gotta figure that out. But um, <laughs> I uh, I got into like a little creative spurt the other day, and the two I mean they're probably like. 1500 words, maybe even 2000 word, like long form pieces of content was literally all about like my early stage life in terms of, you know, like when I started my whole journey about starting uh, as a project manager, you know, and all these other things. 
And man, does it feel good when you start writing that and you start to almost like, it's like you're writing for yourself in that very moment because it's not like any close to ready to be like published as an essay or a blog post or anything. You're just dumping your brain. And man, it's amazing how many times you go back and be like, oh, before this event, there was actually this thing. And then there's actually this thing. And you start layering. You're like, damn, like your mind just goes into that into that space. So um, I've really found myself thinking about that a lot is like, oh, this is actually like feeling really, really good to just get this off my chest type of thing. Yeah, it's it's a little bit like public journaling sometimes, you know, Yeah. <laughs> if you do end up publishing. For me, like I'm an early riser. Not necessarily by choice. I just do it. And so I yeah. write every day, basically, when I wake up. And then throughout the day, I'm just like you. Like, I'm working. I'm doing stuff. I'm engaging online, um, trying to build relationships, et cetera. And then sometimes I will get those spurts in the evening where it's just like, oh, I have this idea. And I can just write and write and write. And it's just like a complete flow state where I'm just totally in the zone. And, it, and it's never planned. It's never like really structured it's just i just write and so there's a quote that really helped me with that um which i came across a few months ago actually and it's as you write you're gonna go back and edit it anyway so it doesn't really have to be perfect it doesn't have to be great it doesn't have to be anything just slap it down there let it rest and then come back later and fix it up and so once you realize that you're not going to publish 80 percent of what you write anyway you're you're allowing yourself to make mistakes and once you allow Absolutely. yourself to make mistakes and get used to making mistakes and being okay with it, that's how you become a better writer. That's how you become better at business. That's how you become better at nearly anything in my book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, you know what's really funny? I have the, I was uh, rereading a couple of like uh, Paul Graham's uh, essays. I love going on his website and just like rereading stuff because I, I just love the way he writes. And dude, this is literally what you just, uh, what you just kind of said. <laughs> Uh, his first like three lines of his essay are write about something, even something you know well. Usually, that shows you don't know it as well as you thought. Putting your ideas on words is a is a severe test. The first words you choose are usually wrong. You have to rewrite sentences over and over again to get them exactly right. And your ideas won't be imprecise but incomplete too. Like you're never done. Right? Like when you start writing, that's when you actually start doing the work and that's just like the 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 top level of it so that that resonated with me a lot and that's something that i've written <laughs> down in my journal so many times where i'm just like yeah man until you start putting those words on paper and start like rewriting things that's when it really starts getting caught yeah and it's it's you get it down and then you realize oh i missed this thought it's exactly like what you were saying earlier there was this thing and then there was this thing so once yeah. you get the first bit down you're like oh i missed a step let me go back and add that in and right. then once it's all done and you've gone back through, you realize you have this amazingly cohesive long piece that could even be an ebook if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And what? Uh, when did you start writing? Just in general, not even let's say online. But I'd like to also know when you started writing like directly online, where you're like, I'm just going to start putting shit out there. Uh, so <laughs> this is a weird story because when I first got addicted to writing it was many, many years ago when I was working in sales. And so I found that I just really loved writing email marketing pieces. And so mm-hmm. the first and like outbound emails. And I was like, this is exciting when you write something and they like registers with them and they answer back like that. I was like, that's fun. So then I just kind of want to get more skilled at it, more skilled at it, more skilled at it. And so then I just started writing on my own and I started writing uh, just random blogs 
And so it kind of started from being able to knowingly write and get attention from it almost, which is a little bit of an ego thing because I was yeah. like, I just want attention from this at first, but it was email marketing. So, and I just took that and ran with it. And so I tried journaling on and off for a long time and it never stuck until last year when I just found uh, a bullet journal method that I really like and also just took all the pressure off. Uh, I also just free write. And so I made that a morning habit as well. And so my writing journey started in a weird place with email marketing. And so now I, I journal every day. I got James Clear's Atomic Habits Journal right now, which I'm working through for 2023. Like you have to make it fun. Um, and so just making it fun is what made it work for me. So it started many yeah, years ago that. and just slowly, slowly built up to doing it every single day. I love that. I love that, man. The gradual, the gradual side of things. And when it starts to become every day after you've done it gradually, then it really sticks. Then it just like, it's, it becomes this actual uh, habit. Um, what books are you, now that you mentioned James Clear, any, any exciting books you've read recently? Cause I've been on a, I've kicked my year off with a little bit of a, of a reading goal where I want to try to finish at least two books per month. That's about like my very minimum. I'm trying to do one a week, but I'm keeping myself a little bit more like, I don't want to burn out through books and so uh come to know i picked up one book by derek sivers and i read it in 24 hours and i'm like well this is gonna fucking go really quickly <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm one of those weird people that i don't necessarily blitz one book at a time i kind of jump around so the last book i finished all the way through was ryan holiday's discipline is destiny uh, which okay. is full of cool lessons i mean he's the stoic guy obviously but one thing that really resonated me with me from that book is he has a whole section dedicated to resting and sleep discipline, which sleep discipline was a new term for me. And it mm -hmm. really helped realize like productivity is not just doing work. Your best work only is going to come when you're well rested. So it's okay to go lay down. It's okay to go take a nap. It's okay to take a day off because for so long, I was focused on building so many systems that would just let me work more and more. But the reality is just go sleep, man. And then come back later yeah. <laughs> and you'll be just fine. And so it was really funny hearing that term sleep discipline. And, and that really resonated with me. I've been making my way through the almanac of Naval, which is epic. Absolutely. epic. if you haven't read it. I need to, I need pure, to, uh, I need yeah. to write that. Uh, I need to write that one down because, uh, I need to, I've been wanting to jump on that one for a while, but, um, uh, Naval. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll make sure to, uh, to remember that because I need to order a few. I'm ordering that one in the Rick Rubin book that just came out actually. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I added that to my want to read list, but the, yeah. the Almanac of Naval is just a straight to the point, no BS take on essentially business and life and bringing them together. Yeah. And so it, it's a must read in my eyes for any aspiring entrepreneur or anybody that wants to create content or build a name for themselves. Uh, and then another I loved one the, I is... loved his episode uh, on Joe Rogan, by the way. He had a great episode on Joe Rogan. I haven't seen it. I don't do Dude. that many podcasts, actually. Um, I'm more of a just boot up any random YouTube video and go from there. I mean, I've been listening to a lot of Dan Coe's stuff recently. He's just been yeah. killing it in the content game and on Twitter. Uh, and then another book. So I wanted to do a little bit more fiction this year just to kind of refresh my brain. And, and again, it's that resting thing, right? It's okay to just step away and take in something new. Right. So I'm reading a teen fantasy book, The Golden Compass. 
<laughs> so I was like, I just yeah, want something a... easy to read, get my imagination going. Like, who cares? Yeah. Um, right, right, and it, right. they've turned it into an HBO show, too. But I'm just like reading that as well. And so it's just cool, like blitzing through a chapter, like, oh, that was neat. Cool story. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm not a big fantasy guy, unfortunately, man. I'm uh, I've been more on the on the whether it's like business or like life stuff and like real shit, like documentary stuff. Like Shoe Dog yeah. was one of my favorite books. You know what I mean? Stuff like that is is yeah. really really amazing. Um, yeah. But if you ever have anything that you run into that, uh, oh, you know what? I actually um, I need to start reading this. Have you heard? Uh, have you read the Boren Letters? I've read bits and pieces. Yeah, it's awesome. Is it okay? I gotta, I gotta yeah. jump into this one a, a, as well at some point. Uh, that's been on my list. It's been sitting on my thing there, so I just need to put it on my desk and start reading it. But um, yeah, man, it's just been I've been kind of flipping that script a little bit and consuming a little bit more on the reading side because I'm always, you know, reading articles, reading this, and I was like, I want something when I go to bed. I don't want to watch a thirty minute show anymore. I'd rather just put my brain into something that, you know, I'm actually want to like start enjoying again. So it's been working out pretty well on, on that front. So, uh, uh, but yeah, well, tell me, tell me a little bit about this new gig that you got and that you're kicking off. I, I'd love to know how, how uh, maybe that came about or whatever you can share and, and uh, what your role is going to be. Yeah. So um, starting Monday, I'm going to be using my finance background and joining a new digital marketing agency. Well, not digital. They do multi-location and all kind of stuff. They're huge. So it's an agency that's grown to several hundred employees. They have humongous clients such as like Taco Bell, Subaru, Staples, all kind of stuff. So they're lacking on the financial side. So what I'll be doing is building financial models to try and evaluate the profitability and performance of every single client. <laughs> oh, wow. So the real goal is to determine who's profitable, who's not. And really and truly they're going to want to be letting some of those clients go and they need to find justification to do so. So okay. it's more of my data analytics side. It's more of my financial P L evaluation side, not necessarily what I talk about online all the time. Uh, right. There's a reason for that too. Um, it's kind of like an energy thing. So for me, I just have so many interests. And so for me to to work so heavily in the financial analytics space and evaluation space, and then go online and talk about that as well, I would burn out of that so fast, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, so like, I mean, like what you're talking about online, for example, and what you do every day in your staff company, there's not... Like there's overlap, obviously, but it's still a different wavelength, you know? Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So for yeah. me, that's what it was about. But yeah, it's super exciting. I'm super happy to join it. I mean, my long-term goal in terms of like, if I stay on the corporate side or if I want to be there forever and just do part-time creator stuff, it'll be more in the, in like the growth officer space, a director of growth or director of strategy, something that blends marketing, branding, and finance. That's and awesome. so it's awesome to join such a well-renowned marketing agency that has clients like that. And then to use Congratulations, my man. expertise. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Thank you. Um, it just gives me so much more time freedom, so much more location freedom. And 
I'm just, I'm really excited, man. There's nothing else to say about that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I love, I love hearing that, dude. I love hearing that. Um, and so what, uh, what sort of, uh, are you going to be doing a podcast at all? Or are you starting just like with video on YouTube and then taking that uh, angle first? So I'm taking the, just the short form video route first, because like I said, I, I write a long form blog. I turn that into tweets, LinkedIn posts, etc. It's not difficult at all to turn those into video scripts as well. But I was thinking about it recently and I've looked at a couple of platforms and I do want to make a podcast at some point later this year uh, as a way of just to further build relationships with other creators, have another avenue to, to network and make new friends even because that's probably the number one thing I love about creating content online is just the people yeah. you meet along the way. But then you can always just take clips of the podcast and turn them into content anyway. So it's not like it's anything too extra in the sense that, you know, it's it still plays a role in my current content strategy. So I think there's definitely room for that. It's definitely a path I want to go down. Uh, but who's to say, man? I got, you know, got, got stuff going on. Got the new gig coming up. Got to finish yeah. the coaching program. There's only so much yeah. time in the day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, the advice I was going to give you, man, is if you do go down the podcast route, and this is one of the reasons why I initially burned out in 2020 is because do, recording a podcast is one thing, chopping it up and doing all that is a whole nother thing, getting out the social side of things and formatting the videos. And dude, it takes, it takes a lot of work. It yeah. takes a lot of work to do it, not only like, do it on all the relevant platforms, but it also takes a lot of like work to do that consistently every single week. Cause I'm on the, I'm on the train right now where I'm approaching, I'm on my third season of doing this podcast. We're getting close to about 30 episodes of the podcast. And so for me, it's just been, I had to reset all of that from 2020. I took a break. And then at the end of 2021, I put a little like team together um, Sala, who's also my partner on the, on the agency starter kit, she came in as my brand manager, started whipping everything up. Um, she has an awesome, uh, team on her end that helps with a lot of the social stuff. And dude, without that, I, I probably wouldn't have gotten to this place where I'm at right now, because it's just, it's impossible with everything I have going on and all the things, like you said, you get in, inspired by different things and you just jump into, yeah. Hey, I'm going to do a little bit more of this today and less of this or whatever else it is. Uh, for me, I know what I like doing. I like doing this. I don't like necessarily doing the other yeah. part of it, which is editing and all this. Dude, I was I was spending like two hours a day in iMovie trying to edit fucking videos. I'm like, no. I was like, I'm not <laughs> doing do this. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. So are you focusing on the video side of things? Are you doing like, are you on the TikTok side? Are you on YouTube shorts? Like which platforms are you hitting with the short form stuff? So primarily Instagram. I put them everywhere, right? I put them on YouTube. Okay. I put them on TikTok. I put them on Instagram, but I only have so much time to really engage and try to build relationships right. on. I, I can't spend an hour every day on every one of them. So to be honest with you, YouTube and TikTok just kind of get the shaft right now. Um, right. So I started posting on Instagram at the start of the year, a mix of carousels and reels. And so that's going really cool. Like it's a completely different audience, which is fun. And so meeting a whole bunch of new people, it's already gone really well. So growth Good is actually faster than I expected it to be because whenever you start from ground zero on a platform, it's going to be slow. You just have to commit to that. And so mm -hmm. to go from zero to 200 in a couple of weeks is actually 
pretty dang good in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And I just want to see where it goes and just it's fun though. Like I said, it's challenging me in a new way. Making videos, camera charisma is not my skill set right now. And so I want to do it for a long time and then kind of come back and look at those first videos and be like, dang, those sucked. <laughs> like, or I'm those looking are fucking forward great. to that. <laughs> those yeah, those yeah, are yeah. fucking bad. Like I'm looking forward to that. But it's the same thing when you start writing on Twitter or whatever. It's like, man, my tweets sucked. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like I looked at some of my stuff from uh, from like the earlier days and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Dude, no, it's been epic watching your writing, like, growing up. Because I remember when I first came across your stuff, I want to say it was early July of last year. Yeah. And so I, I want to say it was it was probably, like, half a year ago, maybe a little more. Yeah. I remember coming across your stuff. And I remember this was the early days for us, man. Like, both of us were less than 1,000 followers everywhere. I think yeah. you probably had, like, 800 or 700 on Twitter. And then I remember, I remember the day you crossed a thousand and I was like, yeah, <laughs> big time excitement. And then obviously you had the super viral post, which was amazing. The one about Upwork. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Dang. Cause I remember when you posted it and I saw it, I was like, oh, this is great. Let's see how it does. And then all of a sudden I came back like 12 hours later and you were like, dude, look. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> no, I, let me, let me tell you the exact, uh, exact story. So. Uh, it was a, I still remember this. It was a Saturday and um, we were going to one of our friends. It was, uh, I believe his birthday or somebody's birthday. And I had just gotten a sperm. My girlfriend had left for, for a few hours and I was just sitting downstairs and I got this like, like I, I looked at Upwork because I got an email and I'm like, oh, Upwork. I was like, I have a whole playbook on Upwork. Like, I wonder if people would actually like this. I'm like, okay, let me just start writing. And dude, it was one of those one of those moments where I think I wrote that entire thread within a matter of 30 minutes, like top to bottom, yeah. all done. Didn't put any like like crazy effort into it to make like I just made sure formatting was good and punched it out. And then my girlfriend comes home. I start getting dressed. We start leaving. I hear my phone like you know buzzing. I had I still had notifications on at that time, like where you know. Oh no! <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I was like, started seeing. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like 15, 20 likes. Okay, whatever. So I put my phone away, and we go to dinner. And I put my phone on the table, just like face down. And dude, it just like zzz, 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 like the entire time just vibrating. I'm like, my girlfriend's like, who's trying to get a hold of you? I'm like, looking. I was like, nobody. It's fucking Twitter. Nine one one. She goes, turn that. Yeah, she's like, turn that shit off. I'm like, okay, whatever. And I took a quick peek. I was like, let me see. And I look, and it's like 400 likes. And I'm like, what? the fuck just happened and so i i put my phone on silent and like completely do not disturb i put on the thing and we're we get in the car and i'm like dude this i showed it to her i was like this is going crazy and she goes what what is it and i was like i told her about the whole upwork thing she's like oh that's cool and then we get home and i'm like <laughs> she, looking <yeah>. at my, <laughs> yeah and I'm, she's like she's like okay that's cool and then we get home and dude no joke i literally was like let me look at my phone again it was at like a thousand that night. And I was like, whoa. I was like, something happened. And I'm trying to go through to see like if somebody retweeted it, that Upwork retweeted. Like, what happened here? Like, how did this catch any fire? And um, and yeah, man, I just remember like the next two days and then Upwork retweeted it. And it was just like absolutely bonkers. And then you want to know something really funny? In October, what I did, I by accident. I know exactly it. what you did, but let the, <laughs> let the audience know. I know exactly what you did. I was like, I was going through something and I don't know what the fuck happened. I think it was like my pin post or something like that. And I went through, 
I was deleting something. Oh, I had posted something else and it didn't uh, like Hype Fury kept fucking it up because it had a lot of images <laughs> and I kept through and it started clicking delete really quickly to get rid of it. And I remember just going clicking delete and I was like, wait a minute, did I just fucking delete that? I was like, no, I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> and so I ended up reposting it again, like a few days later. And it only did like, I don't know, three or 400 likes. And um, my friend only. Kenny at the time. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like when you see it go to like 2,800, like 3,000 <laughs> to like 400, you're like, okay, this obviously didn't catch the same steam. Like, um, but my friend Kenny was like, dude, I think one of the primary reasons, obviously it was like a great written, like very actionable thing. But he says, I, I don't think a lot of people talk about Upwork. And I think something happened maybe with, on the algorithm side where it was just like, oh, this is like novel information or something new. And I think it just started to like pick up. I remember looking at my phone that night and dude, I... I couldn't even open Twitter. Like it was just do, 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 like kept going hard. And I was like, well, I can't even, I can't even respond to people at this point. Like, this is crazy. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, a, it was definitely a moment, dude. And then like two weeks later, I post another one and it goes extra crazy too. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, I need to just keep posting threads because I'm getting like <laughs> followers and followers. And the best thing about those, about those posts was that they were in my, like niche it was like in my field of yeah. like what i'm talking about so it wasn't this like you know here's how you like do psychological shit or whatever you know what i mean it was like no this is what i talk about and so the, all those people it kind of like compounded and like you know it, it worked out really well from that perspective I remember getting like like literally like four or five hundred like subscribers that night on my newsletter i was like this is insane yeah. what this can do yeah, I, I remember that time period for you. It was nuts watching you grow and everybody clicking with it. But speaking of like yeah. the algorithm and like the novel idea, like that's ultimately what I feel the best content is, whether it was the algorithm yeah. or not. I, I don't pay too much attention to algorithms. I pay attention to people's no. response to stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so like for me, the best content is this is the problem. This is what I did to solve it. And this is how you can do that. And so when you intertwine those personal experiences with stuff people actually want to learn, that's when content goes wild. Unless you already have 100,000 followers and then it's like you can put out anything. But <laughs> and yeah. like if you're like the mid-level, early-level like content creator journey, like that's the key is saying this was the problem. This is what I did. Here's what you can do. And, and that's to me is why that thing went so bonkers because – it was all about personal experience. It was all about, mm -hmm. this is exactly what I did that worked for me. And yeah, yeah the absolutely. Was epic, man. I, re I remember that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, man. That was a, that was a, that was a cool little moment. Um, yeah, definitely. I doubled my followers, I think like that night and it was just, um, it was absolutely crazy and it was fun. Yeah. I to, back to that point though, about the whole algorithm shit, I'm starting to see a lot of people, really diving into that stuff and being like, you can't do this or you should start doing this. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to sit here and try to figure out something that nobody knows. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to let you play that game. <laughs> I'm not playing that fucking game. Like, I'm just going like yeah. what you said. Look, look at what people are responding to, what you feel good about, what you feel authentically you could put out there and say, I stand behind this no matter what. In three years, I know I could look back and be like, that was a good moment in time or I did that or that was part of my journey. I can't change that. But when you start going like, oh, you need to like pre-post something and the algorithm will know. And then when you post it, it'll boost it. And all that. I'm like, get the fuck out of here with that. Yeah, like, like, I don't want to hear that. Shit. You don't know shit. And plus, like they can change the algorithm every day. 
Like, I yeah. do think there's trends in the terms of, like, platforms evolve, and there's a certain type of content that people want to see at that moment. For example, like, LinkedIn and carousels right now. Put a little pretty carousel up, and people are like, ooh, yay! But, I mean, that's not really the algorithm. That's just what people want. It's, it's yeah. human-to-human stuff. You just You just want to be like, okay, here's how they want to receive it, and these are the lessons behind it. But the algorithm stuff... I don't play that game either. I preach and say, just show up every day and your time will come. Show up every day long exactly. enough. Make good shit. Your time will come. It exactly. might be slower 100%. than someone else. It will be slower than someone else. It might be faster than someone else. But if you do it long enough and show up every day, your time will come. And your time came. Like, how long were you on Twitter before you blew up? And now it's like you're consistently growing every day, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had been on Twitter for a long time, but I never wrote on Twitter in that way. I was just like yeah. bullshitting on Twitter. Like I was there to, to like <laughs> feed scroll and like cool shit and half of the stuff I yeah. didn't care about. Like it was nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. Um, but honestly, at that point, I think that was July. So I started taking it seriously in April when I started ship 30. And that's when I started consistently like writing and, and doing all of that. So that was a really, really big point. Of, uh, and yeah, ever since then, I've just been staying on top of it. I think I've only missed a few like days when I was like deathly sick when I just couldn't get out of bed. And I'm like, Duh. and even then I would go into my like <laughs> old feed and I'd be like, copy paste post by like <laughs> <laughs> posting ghost man sometimes it's what you gotta yeah. do yeah exactly. just go back and click like, the, the dude i was doing yeah, go I was back doing three rob... months find something good yeah yeah exactly i was doing no no joke i was doing rob lennon's course at the end of uh last year i think it was a uh, november october something like that and uh he did the t- uh zero to 10k or something like that and I just remember I got so sick the last week of that course. And man, I was sitting in bed and I literally had the class on Zoom on my phone. And I'm like sitting there just drooling, like sick as fuck. And I just remember going on and he's talking drooling. about like building content systems and all this other stuff. And I'm like, copy, paste, post. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> just like late night. System. <laughs> uh so that was uh that was a that was a good time but um let me ask you what are some of the bigger struggles you've 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 ran into or if you have ran into anything in terms of you know uh uh growing online and 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 what would you say has been kind of your because i know you're focused more on the linkedin side what's been working for you on linkedin primarily i'd love to know that so we'll start with the biggest struggle so For me, it was the initial response when you start implementing more of your values, more personality into your posts, you're going to start getting more reactions. And so Mm -hmm. I was actually off social media for seven years at one point in my life. So from the time of like, yeah, so from the time of like age 21 to 28, I had no social media. And there was a reason for that. And so my reason was when I was growing up, if ever I saw something I disagree with, or I would post on a forum or whatever, and somebody came and disagreed with me, like I would get hot, heavy and irritated. And then I would lean into it. So I was that guy, which is so stupid and so silly. And you don't need to do that at all, which I know now. But in my younger days, I couldn't do that. And so that would make me anxious in day to day life that would make me irritated in day to day life. And so coming back, I had to have a completely different mindset around that. And so the biggest thing for me is and will continue to be to ignore any hate. It's okay to put Mm -hmm. yourself out there, be your authentic self, 
express your values. That's how you align with the right people. But the more you do that, the more people are going to show up and be like, you're an idiot or whatever the case. I mean, there was a, it was like a month or two ago, there was that weird person on your LinkedIn post that was, oh. you remember what I'm talking about, right? And she was I like, sent you a screenshot. Is... I'm like, I don't know what to yeah. what to think of this. Like, what is this hate? And you're like, I'm pretty sure she's hating. And I was like, I figured she was. I just don't understand it. Like, I don't know what she yeah. just said. So yeah, she was like, I came and commented on one of your posts. And she was like, this is some gay shit. All y'all are doing is like circle jerking each other. And I was like, what are you talking about? He made a post I commented. <laughs> like, it's social media. And I was like, what's going on here? And I remember... It got so bad, you had to just block and delete the comments and everything. Yeah. Which, yeah. for me, it, it's just like, leave it. It is what it is. But hate online, ignore it as much as possible. We're all human. We're all going to like have those moments where we lean into it. That happened to me probably a month ago um, where I made, I made a statement. And this is my statement, and I still back it, so I'll just say it here. There's yeah. this social Saturday squad thing on LinkedIn. And it's basically just a pod. Um, like a public glorified pod, but some people put it, I was talking about like optimizing your LinkedIn profile and some people put this pod as like work experience. And I said like, don't put social Saturday squad in your work experience. It's not work. And so naturally the social Saturday squad came and just like berated me. They're like, how dare you tell me what to put on my profile? How dare you say what I can and cannot write? And so this whole thing happened. I was like, it's still not work experience. But the problem I had was that at first I tried to find middle ground with one or two of them. And it turns out it was one of the factors. And I tried to find middle ground. I was like, look, I'm not telling you what you should, like in terms of, I'm not telling you, you can't do it. I'm just saying like, don't kid yourself. It's not a work experience. It's not volunteer experience. It's just a, right. a glorified group that you've turned into this thing. And they didn't like that either. So my thing now is just, Ignore, don't even try to find common ground. It's not worth your time because they're set right. their ways. They're offended and just let them be. And it is what it is. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll, I don't even know what you're talking about, but it sounds like it's not a fucking <laughs> job. That's for sure. It's definitely not a job. They go and they use the same hashtag every Saturday and they just follow each other. And that's it. It's yeah. a pod in, in public. It's a public pod. That's all it is. And so yeah. that that's the biggest challenge for me personally is just, continuing to ignore that hate and not lean into it don't fall back on where i was many many years ago um another thing is that once you start getting attention online and you can do this too speaking of all the notifications you got from your thread is you start getting so many notifications and so many dms you can quickly spend all day long on social media yeah yeah and so you have to distance yourself from it you have to turn off the notifications i have notifications off on every single platform at this point you have to turn off notifications yeah you have to time block when you post when you engage everything has to be intentional otherwise you are going to drain yourself i'm not necessarily going to say wasting time but you're going to spend way too much time on there once you start getting some attention and a lot of people fall into especially like it's quick to get addicted to that because like oh this is great this is fueling your ego or whatever but it shouldn't be but you have to distance yourself um so linkedin what was the second part of your question linkedin strategy what do i feel about it yeah yeah, like what's what's been what's been working for you on linkedin in terms of like uh posts and stuff that's giving you that that real bump in growth because i know you started also under what under a thousand right or something like that and now you're at like five thousand or something 
Yeah, so when I started posting, it was at the very end of June last year. I had 200 connections, creator mode was off, no followers, so I just started right. going away at it. So uh, early on, it was more about commenting a lot more uh, rather than engaging with the you know people that were commenting on my posts because there wasn't really anybody commenting on my posts. <laughs> but right. So nowadays, it's about carousels, but mostly just like high-value mini guides are what people are really responding to and really settling in on what your message is as well as like two to three content pillars. So for me, I, you know, like my headline is business coach for content creators and freelancers. And I have like three pillars I talk about. I talk about content creation. I talk about business tips. And then I talk about like realistic productivity, uh, specifically around like repurposing content or whatever. So what really helps you grow is to figure out what type of content that platform specifically cares about. And then making the platform and format in a way that is resonating at the moment. So I can take the same post I wrote through text six months ago and turn it into a carousel now. It does just as well or better. And so it's really just about following the trends, not of the algorithm, but just what people want to see. And then sticking yeah. to two or three topics. I mean, and I feel it's pretty much like that anywhere on any platform. Right. There's no magic to it. There's no algorithm chasing. There's just these, this is what people are liking right now put it in that format make it valuable make it fun yeah no over time you'll love that yeah 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 absolutely um and here's a here's a question whose content are you right now really resonating with um in terms of like other people that you're either following or you're you know engaging with and stuff like that who are some of the few folks that you always catch yourself being like man that person is just like you know giving giving gold pretty much every time or every other time so I'm going to use different platforms here. So overall, just in terms of all platforms combined, it's definitely Dan Coe right now for me. I mean, his writing oh, is, is just so clear, so crisp, and it's also just unique. Like he preaches a lot about, right. you know, find your niche of one. He's freaking done that, man. <laughs> like he yeah. posts stuff and it hits every single time. And I'm like, God, this guy's writing is so clear and crisp. Uh, right. So in terms of all platforms, I see him everywhere. My favorite just pure writer is, it's funny you mentioned Rob Lennon's course earlier. I love Rob Lennon's writing, man. I think that yeah. guy can write with the absolute best of them. And what I love about his content too is he's very like personable and relatable. Like he takes the time to engage with all the people in this community. Might not be every day, but like, because obviously his following at this point has gotten big enough where it's not feasible. But he's just so relatable, so personable. Uh, he, he's got the marketing experience down, man. I love how he writes and segues that directly into like his product offerings and, and just his writing style is yeah. impeccable to me. Like if I could just have writing skills and just mimic somebody right now, it'd be Rob Lennon. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, on the yeah, video yeah. Side, no, he's awesome. So, and then I'll, I'll give one more on the video side. Mostly YouTube is this guy named Roberto Blake. And so he actually released a book earlier this year. Um, called Create Something Awesome. So he has been creating content on YouTube and now other platforms for well over a decade. So he's one of the really old school guys. And so he started freelancing as a writer and graphic designer way, way back in like 2004, 2005, like before YouTube. <laughs> and then he got right, on YouTube right, right. at the beginning of the day. And so like he makes content now just around like building a creator business but it's not about virality. It's not about anything. So even in his book, he'll say like, you know, most of my growth came in 2000, I want to say 2016. He made a YouTube video 
and uploaded it every single day for a whole year. Wow. It never went viral once, but went from 20,000 subscribers to 70,000 subscribers. And he was like, I just made valuable content, posted every day, showed up every day, and that's what worked for me. It's not about mm -hmm. chasing these weird metrics. It's just about showing up and being valuable. And so I love how much he helps people and the quality of his stuff. He's awesome. Uh, yeah. Highly recommend his book. It's a quick and easy read, but there's it's, it's full of so much history because what he's is been what around. is it called? What is the book called? I want to write it down real quick. It's called Create Something Awesome. Create. Uh, okay, perfect. I'm I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, it's not a difficult read. You can actually get through it pretty quick. But him and I just align so, so much in what it takes to build a creator business. It's, it's yeah. about being in your niche. And he also writes about, you know, like when you step into a new ring in terms of like quality, right? Like if I was to go make YouTube videos right now, I'm not a video editor. I don't have a team. I can't compete with Ali Abdal or Alex Ramosi. Like I can't do that, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't mean you still can't make stuff that is good. So for example, how he started creating content on YouTube was he said he had crappy equipment. So you know what his videos were? How to make YouTube videos with crappy equipment. And I was like, yep. that's epic. Like that's exactly what you should do. And that's how he started building his audience. And that's I it. just loved how his message is, love how his brand has evolved. And I think he's just absolutely killing it. I love that. I love that. I'll have to check him out. What you said his name was what? Roberto Blake. Roberto Blake. I'll make sure to uh to check him out. That's that's awesome, man. That's really awesome. I appreciate that. I'm always looking for, you know, cool people to follow and consume some good content and get some ideas out of it and all that stuff. So uh, I appreciate that. Um, so I have a, I have a couple of other things I wanted to touch on because I know there's a, there's uh and I'm not doing this for any fucking clout or anything, but the AI shit that's out there. Um, are you using any tools for like prompts or using any AI tools for any of your content production just to be like, Hey, I need to spark an idea. I'm, I feel a little bit empty right now. I need to spark an idea about like writing about something and I don't know, repurposing content or one of your, you know, content pillars. Are you, is there anything out there that you would say, this is one of my key tools or maybe just like a tool that I use? So I've explored AI a lot because I think it's important to be in the know and learn yeah. as much as you can about the new tools. I don't think AI is anywhere close to a place where it's going to replace creators at all. I don't think it ever will, to be honest, but it's, it's not something I would use to create a bunch of content or even get a first draft. What I do love doing with AI, specifically chat GPT is giving it extended prompts and getting outlines because outline, if you can outline a blog post, if you can like that, if you can outline a course, if you can outline a ebook, if you can outline anything and fill it in with your own words, it speeds up the process so much. So for me, mm -hmm. AI is more about speeding up your workflows rather than replacing your content with something else. So that's primarily how I've used AI. It's really just been chat GPT. I have started leaning into AI art tools like Lexica. I want to try Midjourney soon. I think those are freaking awesome. <laughs> Mostly because yeah. I think that rather than just like traditional blog banners or whatever, if you're telling a story and can get a really unique specific image to go along with it it's so much easier for a reader or a viewer to connect with that story there's a guy on linkedin that posts ai art every day and tells a story along with it his name's travis 
Hinkle, I believe. And I think that's the best use for the AI art is yeah. just to allow people to really picture your story. Um, but even still, nothing's better than real life pictures. <laughs> so right, right, again, right. the exactly. personalization that real humans can bring will shit on AI forever. Yeah. But it's, it's really about speeding up workflows. And that's basically it. What about you? Um, yeah, so I primarily used uh, chat GPT for just like, you know, just seeing like even putting some of my own stuff in and be like, add some humor to this. Like I'm testing it. Like I'm using it to yeah. be like, how does this, how does this respond to something that like make it more human, make it this, like just throwing weird shit at it to see what happens. And I've caught it a few times where it's like, can't do this. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> got you, bitch. <laughs> smarter than you. Yeah. Still smarter. Maybe not tomorrow, but today I'm still smarter than you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Um, and what's the other uh, thing that I've used? I don't know what the other thing that I've used is. Uh, Chat GPT and... I haven't t fucked around too much with the visuals, to be quite honest with you. I haven't dabbled in that yet. I do want to start using it probably uh, for my um, for my newsletter or my blog. Um, but the one thing I was thinking about because, okay, tell me how you feel about this. So for my, for my studio agency side of things, um, obviously, not only am I putting in the effort on the content um, for my personal brand, but now taking on another like content like vehicle and like building it from the for the agency it's a little too much like bandwidth wise like i just not gonna not gonna commit myself to it so what i wanted to do is i wanted to use something like uh either copy ai or chat gpt or one of these tools to put in very specific prompts keywords like do the whole thing to give me you know let's say 80 to 90 percent of like an article or a write-up about like a specific topic like 13 best ways to market a SaaS business or what are the tools that you need to be using when you're setting it up? Like something very like beginner that I know people are like searching for um, and looking through that. And then what I was planning on doing is coming up with a bunch of prompts, putting together that content, going in and editing things myself, obviously, not just like spitting it out and posting it. Right. But at the same time, because again, I don't want to spend the time writing on that because I'm focusing more on the personal side at the moment. Um, maybe I'll throw in an article here and there and just be like, we don't need to use any of these tools. So I was planning on doing that and posting like every uh, week, two times for the beginning to just get the machine going a little bit more and then maybe backing off. Um, what are your thoughts on using something like that for like a brand or like a, like a business purpose for like the product studio? I think it's a good idea. Here's the challenges I see with it. And so I think it's great if you can answer a specific question that your business solves and you can start generating traffic, you know, through Google, et cetera, for, from that blog, like that's the goal. And you don't necessarily need this super well-written article to do that. You just need it to answer the question yeah. people want answered. Exactly. It just needs to fill the intent. Uh, but along with that comes, you can't just post it and necessarily Google crawls it and indexes it. You have to make sure your website is in a healthy state. You have to make sure yep. it's it's searching and, and it knows what question you're answering. So you're going to have to have like uh, meta titles, SEO titles, all yep. that extra good stuff. 
And so if you're going to do that, it's probably worth it to outsource at least like a one-time site audit to an SEO specialist or something along that line, uh, um, or just learn about it yourself. But again, that's time. <laughs> so yeah. my take on that is it's not a bad idea if you can answer specific questions that your business has solved, but do be prepared. You know, you, you got to have at least some SEO background or some kind of SEO audit in place. And that's, that's what I'm doing with my own personal branding coaching program, right? Like I will just write something really rough. It answers a specific question and it targets a specific keyword, but then I've had an SEO specialist come and audit and fix all the pages on my site to make sure everything's getting crawled appropriately. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good idea, but I do think there's still yeah. a little more to it than just getting the blog, rewriting a little bit of, of it, course. posting it at the same of time. Of course. Yeah. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, and the only reason I wanted to do it is because I do believe in the content. It did a lot for my service agency. I mean, we were doing a lot of writing there. And like, I mean, we got to the top of Google for Shopify design and development, which was like a huge keyword. Um, that, I think that was one of the most authoritative like keywords in that space in terms of service businesses. So again, for me, it was like on the product side, like I got to maximize the amount of outlets where I can get organic and, you know, uh, free traffic before I start going down the rabbit hole of paying for a bunch of crap and, you know, all this other stuff. So, um, yeah. that's, that's kind of been my goal with that. And then, uh, the other part I wanted to ask you is like, what are the components? How are you going to be starting to monetize outside of the coaching side, side of things? I know you said you have a free guide and different things, but what, what's your monetization strategy for, for your brand at the moment? So it's going to be the coaching program. That's the higher end offer, but the way it's designed is very similar to like how your agency kit is. So there's actually like courses each, the way I've built the modules inside of it, they're kind of individual courses on their own, which I can then repackage later and sell individually. Uh, the next step would be, I love communities. Like I want to eventually go down the paid community route. And I, mm -hmm. I mean, as much as I would love a community to be free at the end of the day, that just welcomes all kind of spam. It doesn't have any commitment from the users. You kind right. of have to make it paid. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I, I want to go the paid community route, but number one, it, it's just a coaching program, man. Like I really, really want to work with people and help them get started. Yeah. And it's so important to me. And I love that impact that you can have on life and Dude, seeing the results the firsthand. There's nothing better. And so that's what I say to you. Like I, I briefly mentioned this in a post I made just today, actually, like so many people are afraid they don't want to start service businesses because they don't want to like, because it's time, right? It's time for money in, in some ways. But at the same time, it's, uh -huh. it's the best way to learn, man. Think of how much you learn and everything you know from, like, your Upwork days, from your, your project management days. At the end of the day, like, it's the fastest way to start making money. And it's the fastest way to learn, in my opinion. And then once you yeah. have all of these, all these lessons, that's when you can move into product-based, software-based stuff. Mm -hmm. And so eventually, that will be the goal. But first, it's going to be really honing in on specific problems that these early and aspiring creators and freelancers are hitting over and over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, I think that's a really, really good point, especially on my service agency side, is that's how we also figured out some of the best problems to solve is going to each client, seeing what the pain points are, keeping a tally of how many people have the same pain point, figuring out yep. what the solution is there. And if there is already a solution, great. We go to a partner, we make a low affiliate commission on the back end. We get a bunch of people on it. We automatically auto, uh, uh, monetize that. Or if it's not out there, we go in and say, why isn't it out there? And if we can have 
five customers to start with and paying us a couple hundred bucks a month, that's that's worth it to us in the long term. And that's what we did. We, we created a bunch of stuff online uh, for Shopify, um, internal apps that will never see the, the public eye. But we have like five people paying us two, three hundred bucks a month. And just honestly, we barely touch that app, for example, is just, you know, hey, if they call something goes down or we see something goes down, we fix it. Uh, but majority of the time is just the, the accessibility you get to us that you're paying for that because we custom built it. And so um, I think that's a that's an amazing plan. I think I, I think people don't need to be scared of the service business. I think they just need to understand that there's a lot more work. But that's also where the ideas come from for productization, like productizing a service or whatever that might be. Yeah, it's it's just so much riskier to say, I want to make some product, this product, I'm going to make yeah. it. It, it's just like, it's it's really hard to do that. You have to either have a problem and experience yourself and then find other people that are experiencing the same thing or yep. you have to work with a whole bunch of people and find the pattern. I love the running tally you said you keep because that's exactly what I do. I keep them from two things. So my content, anytime somebody asks me a question in any of my comment sections through my own content on across all my social platforms, I write it down and I start keeping this tally. Same thing with the people I've worked with in the past. I, I write it down. And eventually you'll see the same question popping up over and over again. And that's where you find the business. That's yeah. where you're going to build something that you can sell one day. Something Absolutely. Like Absolutely, man. I love that. I love that. Um, I, I know we're I got my up. final question for you, man. Tell me where yeah, we are yeah. with the agency kit. Um, we're, we're in a really, really good place. But um, so right now we're just figuring like, we want to get the get the modules all kind of really lined up. I have to go in and record the final. Once all the final documentation is done, I'm going to go in and record individual videos for certain sections and then put it up as more of a self-serve course of like leading people through. It's going to be very quick videos, like maybe a couple minutes of me just being like, okay, this is how the scope of work template works. This is why we did it this way. Here's what you can change if you need to. Here's where you plug in certain things. If the client, you know, whenever you're writing something up at a, you know, 20, 30% buffer, uh, whatever that might be. So just giving people a little bit of that rundown. So it's not just being like, here's a Google doc and see you tomorrow, buddy. Like, <laughs> it's not like that. So I really want to give people sort of the, a little bit of extra guidance because there's going to be a lot of information in there. And um, and then we're going to start to probably do a pre-order uh, very soon to see get do like an early bird pricing for people who want to jump in. Because, I mean, our email list grew quite a bit uh, pretty quickly off that one thread that I wrote about it and, and kind of broke it down. I mean, uh, I think I got like 220 likes on that thread and I think 170 people uh, signed up um, from that from that specific thread, which was fucking amazing. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. No, I love that you're focused on like spicing up how you're delivering it because people learn in different ways number one but i love that you're gonna do quick videos too i found that anything longer than like a five or ten minute video and that covers multiple topics people just like lose yeah. kind of track of stuff uh, so it's yeah. better to just cover one specific thing one specific video get there mm -hmm. really fast and then it's better to have a bunch of different modules or videos than it is to just have one long video powerpoint presentation like think like a college class, right? You go for an hour and the guy's up there yep. talking, you zoned out after 15 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's, that's all it is. I really <laughs> want to go, you know, like almost like 
document by document and give even if it's 30 to 45 seconds and be like here's what it is and just break it down for them but um yeah we're gonna start the through the people that have signed up on the email we'll start what we'll start doing is doing um some previews of some of the of some of the stuff so they can kind of get an understanding of what it is and kind of enticing them to hopefully do some pre-orders there and uh, or or wait for the you know when we release it and things like that so um that'll that'll be super fucking fun yeah i can't wait until it comes out and I can see the full thing. I just love how we have some crossover, but at the same time, I'm more focused on like those early mid-level, getting them to six figures. And then your focus right over there is just to take those people and then push them to seven. And I, I love how like we overlap a little bit, but we also just have like this ladder. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and for me, the, 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 target, the target demographic or target market for this agency kit is really falls into freelancers that don't have their shit in order and they want to use something that can scale if they end up hiring people, if they start growing as a team. So maybe, maybe, you know, uh, like myself, for example, I was a project manager and I had to find a developer and a designer. Okay. So that's just three people. It's not that much. We can all kind of get on the same page. We use the same tools, whatever else it is. But the big mistake there is if you don't have those processes early, even if it's three or four people, if you slowly start building those processes and people get the mentality like working with this person, I need to have like I need to follow a process. Everything going forward from there just makes it way easier. And so for me, when we got to like five or six people and I still head down, I was doing so much of the work on the agency side. I didn't have time to go in and write all those documents that were in my head. I had them all up here, but getting them on paper, I'll start writing and all of a sudden like a client call or an email comes in. And I'm like, and then I forget about it. And then I hand it over to somebody and they're like, dude, there's like five things written on here. What the fuck you want me to do with this? So it's like this constant, <laughs> like, you know, and, and my ADA and my ADHD doesn't let me sometimes like when, when I don't really care about something, I, I mentally cannot focus on it. So I end up kind of putting myself in like a little bit of a trap. And so when we ended up going through it, I was like, all right, this is for people who really just want to get up and running and they want all these systems and they can go out and sell and continue that that cycle. And they don't have to worry about like 80, 90 percent of the back office stuff. Even if they drop the ball somewhere, let's say they have 70 percent of the stuff done. That's 70 percent more than I had when I started my fucking agency. So that's <laughs> to me. And, and, and honestly, Thomas, like I looked at it and the reason why I wanted to do this is I looked at it and I was like, OK, what did I need? I kind of put myself back in those shoes. What did I need when I started it that would have made my life easier? And this is yeah. the pretty much the only thing I can point to. I had the upwork to hire the people. I had all these like connections and stuff like that, but I didn't have anybody that I can hire and that felt comfortable being like, you need to write out these processes, record these videos, do all these other things until like middle of 2020 when we brought on somebody that ended up doing starting it for us, doing it. And then I was like, we have a fucking treasure here. Like this this information needs to be out there. Like we don't need to hold on to this. I don't care if people copy our process. Like I want them to copy it because it's a good process and I need to like get this out there. And so right now our market is freelancers or beginners, like agency people that have like just started, but they don't have like, they get, didn't get to that point where they need to write all this out just yet. Like I want to catch that market because I think that's where we'll be more like most helpful with the kid. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, do you think the biggest challenge for some of these people is going to be like hiring the right people as they go down that route? Or what do you think the absolute biggest challenge will be if there's one huge issue? 
Um, I think uh, I think the two biggest issues will for sure be uh, hiring um, and uh, sales. I think sales is a it's a huge part of it. Like yeah. uh, for me, what ended up happening is that I was already kind of a little bit in that world, and so when I spun off my own agency, I was just I do Thomas till this day I have not done any outbound marketing. It's all been coming inbound, which I was really, really like yeah. fortunate and happy with word of mouth or somebody recommended or, you know, Shopify sends you somebody and you take care of them. And now you become part of their machine where they start saying, oh, we have a merchant that needs this, you know, taco agency took care of this person last time we can trust them, you know, and so you start building these sort of like partnerships. And that's where our deal flow started coming from. And so for me, writing on the sales side of things, as much as I can tell you how to go about it on Upwork, I wouldn't be the best person to tell you what you need to do to go out and get customers. But I could tell you what to do when you have the person in your like inbox and you can you need to schedule a call and do all these things and you know close the deal. I could tell you that. But the whole like outbound thing, like I just never did it. So I don't want to speak on something that I'm not going to steer people in the right direction and say, here's the three steps yeah. you need to do a cold email. You need to reach out to them this way. You need to do this. You need to do that. I, I'm, I'm not that person. The only time I actually, I'll take that back. The only time I did reach out is that, and since we're in the Shopify space, I think it's a little bit easier is like, I'll go shopping for something and I'll just do a quick, like look up and I'll see that they're on Shopify and I'll find like five things that I would be like, dude, I would fix this. I would fix this. I would fix this. And then I would get like an order confirmation email. And then I would just send up a, a set up a really quickly email and be like, Hey guys, I run an agency. I just saw a few points that like kind of irked me as a customer here's a little bit of feedback. And if you guys ever need help, hit us up. And I got a few people coming back and being like, Hey man, that was really nice of you to like send that over to us. We didn't even know we had those issues on the website. We'd love to get on the phone and talk and see how you can help us. And that was cool because that was genuine. Like they could look in the system and see that I'm a customer. I wasn't like just coming into, you know, cold call or cold email them. So that approach worked really well for the few, few times I did it, but then it also didn't. And a few times it just fell on deaf ears and that's fine too. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's exactly what I used to do in banking. And I had yeah. all the information I could ever need. I could see everybody's account. So I had all that personal stuff. Here's what you're doing wrong. Here's what we can do. Oh, so that's fun. But no, that's the way to do it. I, I too find that sales is the scariest part for people. Um, yeah, specifically, absolutely. Even just like having the courage to reach out. But then also, how do you respond to objections? Because they're going to come. Uh, and like even something simple, like, Oh, I got to talk to my spouse or, Oh, your pricing is a little high for me. Responding to any of that stuff, you have to learn how to do, but then it becomes automatic. Uh, and so yeah, yeah the, my program will focus hugely on sales and also just like CRMs. So many people don't yeah. use them and, and you don't have to be overcomplicated with it. You just track notes, track conversations and track phone numbers or emails. And, and just like basics, it's all about the basics of sales and just and just getting people coming in and, and being comfortable talking to people and, and and not viewing it as sales. Like it's like you mentioned, you say, Hey, I'm a customer, I notice these problems. Like that's really all it is. When you reframe your mindset from I'm selling to I can genuinely help you, that's when everything changes. That's, because that's all that's you're right. trying to do. You're trying to find people that you can actually help. Like you have a solution, you have an expertise. All you need to do is find people that don't have that solution, don't have that expertise, and you help them. Uh, and exactly. As far as like scaling, yeah, and as far as like outbound marketing or hiring, like that's why my program stops 
at like building into an agency because I've hired subcontractors. I have partnered with people, but I don't have that real true experience that's really required to, like, you know, like hire full-time employees and all that. Like that's yeah. out of my realm. And I don't believe in, like you said, teaching something that you haven't done. Like that's just, it's, so many people try yeah. to do that and people see through that fakeness. And when people start seeing through that fakeness, you're done. Yeah. And those are, and those are, I think the people that I won't be the, the one to do it, but those are the people that need to be called out by somebody and just be like, do not like, this is, this is a person telling you to do something that they've never done before just to grab like $50 of your money. And they're going to try to do this like 500 times and like, just don't fall for it. And I think yeah. uh, th those are the people that need a little bit of a reality check, but yeah, you're absolutely right, man. Um, well, like I said, we've been going for almost an hour and a half. Anything else you want to riff on? Any questions? Anything? I know we could probably be on for another like two hours with all the shit we can talk about, but maybe we'll uh, we could save some of that stuff for another episode when uh, when you know what is it? We're in January. Maybe do one like in a couple months and <laughs> and and talk about the growth and everything like that. But um, anything else you want to riff on? Anything you uh, you you wanted to bring bring to the table? Nah, not this time. I want to do this again, but yeah, you and I could talk all day and we can yeah. get into all the personal stuff. We can get into the dogs. Yeah. We can get into the lifestyle, but I think an hour and 20 is enough for people <laughs> for one episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, well, dude, I really appreciate you being on. Um, give give uh, whoever, uh, whoever decides to listen to this, give them a little breakdown of where they can follow you and um, what you offer and, and all that stuff. And, and, uh, we'll also have it in the show notes as well. So, um, go ahead. I'll, I'm, I'm going to leave the floor to you, my man. Froze up on me for a second. Oh, I think you froze. Yeah. Froze up on me for a second. Uh, uh I no worries. use the same, I use the same username everywhere. It's Thomas K. Strider. You can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. My website is thomaskstrider.com. And just find me on your platform of choice. I write a lot, a lot of long form on Medium as well. And so just anybody that's listening to this, feel free to reach out. I try to answer as much as possible. Uh, it's easier to find me on a place like Instagram or Twitter rather than LinkedIn where the bulk of my audience is. So keep that in mind too. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm trying to be everywhere. I'm trying to connect with as many people as possible. That's the most fun thing about this for me is, is all the friends you can make along the way. Absolutely. And, uh, and I vouch for that, man. Thomas reached out to me out of nowhere and uh, just wanted to connect. And honestly, we had an amazing call and it took a while to get to the podcast, but we finally made it. But um, yeah, awesome, dude. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm super pumped to see your growth, see your branding, see everything that you've done so far this year. And like I said at the beginning, man, uh, uh, props to you for taking that leap forward, because I know that's usually the hardest part. And now it's just you know, refining the the process and continuing to, you know, push out awesome content. So uh, big, big props to you, my man, big props. And right back at you, my man. Like you said, it's the hardest to get started. I know both of us just want to inspire more and more people to do it. It's exactly, it, it doesn't matter if you're trying to build a business or have this epic brand, even if you just want to connect with cool people, it's worth it. So Exactly, exactly. Awesome. Well, we'll leave it there. Um, and thanks again, my brother. And we'll have another episode soon. Cheers. Yeah, man. Have a good one. Thanks for having me. Well, you made it to the end of the episode. 
Thank you so much for tuning into What Is My Brain podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you got some value out of it. Make sure you hit the subscribe button or the follow button to get notified when new episodes are live. I'm out. Thank you.